All right. Welcome back to another week of the Brads and Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller, joined always by Abigail Ochoa, our yeah. uh, trustworthy high school sports <laughs> reporter at the Eagle. We got another big week of high school football action here in the Brazos Valley. Abigail, it's a Wednesday afternoon. How are we doing yeah. today? Doing pretty good. I hope I'm trustworthy at least, huh? That's, that's the part of the whole job. Um, <laughs> um, but doing good, yeah. Great. Well, hey, we've got tons of stuff to break down. We've got big games here in town this Friday. Small schools, they're wrapping up the regular season this week. There's playoff bids to be fought for. We're going to break it all down, and we're going to be joined later by Scott Clendon and the voice of the College Station Cougars. College Station hosting Lufkin this Friday. That's where Abigail will be. It's going to be a big game over at Cougar Stadium, Cougar Field, whichever one it's called. But, yeah. Um, but first, before we get into that, we had, we had some big games last uh, last Friday, Abigail. So let's get into that. We'll we'll start with the one you were at. You were over in Huntsville yeah. watching the showdown between Anum Consolidated and the Huntsville Hornets. Unfortunately for Consol, it didn't go that well. They severed their first loss of the season. Some blunders on offense. Defense couldn't make some big stops. Abigail, what did you see from the Tigers in that game? Yeah, totally. I not the game I think we expected to see. Um, in Huntsville last week, um, the offense, their offensive line, um, the troubles that they're starting to have there is catching up to them now. <laughs> you know, they, they were able to kind of, you know, pass through it. Um, they were able to kind of rely on some leg to run and all that, you know, in the past few weeks. But uh, against Huntsville, it's really hard to do that when you have a really dominant defense. So um, that really kind of showed um, on Friday that – um, Kyle Willis got sacked about like eight to ten times. I think Huntsville items said ten. Um, I counted eight, but either way, not a good stat to have after a game. Um, you know, you have the Bobina brothers who um, really kind of lead the way. Um, so it, it was really hard to get anything going for them. Willis was constantly pressured. Um, when suddenly did run, he he did have a few um, spurts here and there that were pretty good and we thought I thought okay here we go let's let's get this going but um, it's really hard when you're against a Huntsville defense that can do certain things and um, stop stop you anywhere so um, I think it was kind of a wake-up call a little bit you know um, on both sides of the ball too defensively um, they couldn't stop the run McLean kind of ran through them um, he would get down the field and down the field and they would just keep giving him the ball um, when it's working, why change it um, kind of thing. And then Wilson through the air also did pretty great things for them. So um, I think that's kind of a wake-up call for them a little bit last week against Huntsville. But it's going to be really important for them to, to kind of take that out of their minds and, and move on to the rest of district. For sure. You know, we saw in that game in non-district play against San Angelo Central, Consol had to rally and they ended up winning that mm -hmm. one. But – you know, this was this was really big adversity for them. And I, I caught up with Coach Fedora earlier this week, and he was saying that after the game, he brought all the seniors in, and he kind of had a discussion of, hey, guys, this can go one of two ways. And I've had teams that they've had a loss like this, and they kind of crumbled and fell apart. And I've had teams that they had a loss like this, and they rallied together and won a lot of games. 
And so this is kind of a crossroads for Consol, in my opinion, because we're going to get into it a little bit, but they got another big game against Lake Creek coming up. It's going to be pretty pivotal in the district standing. So, yeah, that, that tough loss for Consol, um, but it's, it's not the end-all, be-all, and we'll, we'll see how they respond this Friday. Yeah. Well, moving, moving along, let, let's touch on Brian. How about the Vikings? Huge win over Belton. Nico Bullhoff with a five-yard touchdown run, 25 seconds left in the game. Yeah. Brian gets a 34-33 win over the Tigers. Man, the yeah. Vikings, they're 2 and one in district. They had the tough loss to Temple, but I, they weren't expected to win that game. And they go and no. beat Belton at home. I mean, man, that, that's a huge win yeah. for them. Yeah, we talked about it last week, too. This is going to be a big stretch for them. They had Temple, then they have Belton. Now they have Shoemaker this week. Three tough teams. Um, we didn't know how they were going to react. We thought maybe they'll get one out of the two. Um, and, you know, so far they're one and one. But, I, I mean, they did really well. I mean, there's nothing you, more you can say much about it. Um, it seemed kind of like out of a movie. Obviously, um, Nico Bolov had to come come in in the second half for um, Malcolm Gooden, who got hurt, um, which, you know, when you lose a guy like Gooden, who can do kind of everything for you, he can run, um, he, he's your quarterback. Um, I'm sure that kind of hurt them, especially during halftime. I'm sure that there was a lot of talk about what are we going to do here. Um, so to have him come in and, and lead the team and also get that touchdown in the last, you know, the last 25 seconds or whatever, um, it really showed their grit and their fight and they're willing to beat a big team um, like Belton. Um, obviously, I, I think, you know, they had a 21-13 lead at halftime, um, Brian, which was already good for them. But um, I think they've kind of had that in the past where they maybe have the lead at halftime and then kind of falter a little bit. They let, they let um, Belton get ahead and get closer. Um, so I think moving forward, maybe watch out for the defensive, you know, making them more consistent, making them be able to play all four quarters because, um, like, again, like this week when they play Shoemaker, um, you're not going to want to let them catch up to you. Um, they, I'm sure they didn't want it last week, but they were able to come out with a win. But you don't want it to keep going into the district. For sure. And on, on the other side, the Rudder Rangers, we, we, the, the big question for them last week was how are they going to respond to that loss to Huntsville? And it, it wasn't it wasn't too great for the Rangers. They lost sixty one to twenty five to Lake Creek over in Montgomery. That, that's a tough loss for the Rangers. Defense had a tough night. Um, yeah. Offense again, they couldn't get really clicking. Um, so man, the the Rangers off to an zero and two start in district play after the the hot the hot start in non district action. Yeah, definitely not what we expected to see after, especially seeing how they performed in non-district. I mean, they were, they, they looked unstoppable offensively. They were, they were leading, you know, so um, then you got these last two weeks are kind of tough for them. Um, obviously it's going to be, it's always important to bounce back, but I think for them, <laughs> we need to see momentum from them a little bit. We need, they need to get a little bit of confidence here um, going into the last stretch of, of district play. Um, but their offensive line, again, kind of similar to Consol, um, seemed to be a bit of a problem. I know they had, um, you know, when Izar gets pressure, um, you know, a lot of the times it ends up being a turnover. He throws an interception or something like that. So um, he needs to not get as much pressure in this offensive line, obviously. But 
um, the defensive wise, they, you know, um, Lake Creek scored on their first six possessions in the second half. <laughs> and that's kind of, it kind of reminded me of um, when they played um, Weiss earlier this season, they kind of just let them score and it went back and forth. But the difference between Weiss and, and now is that, you know, Weiss wasn't really pressuring Izar. He wasn't stopping, you know, they weren't stopping Lee and things like that. Whereas Lake Creek was able to do that. Um, so <laughs> Rutgers office wasn't able to answer back in that way. Um, but defensively, they really need to kind of step it up this week and, um, you know, really keep that other side of the, the scoreboard down. Speaking of Keith Ron Lee, it sounds like his highlight tape is catching waves yeah. with coaches around the country. He's picked up some Power 5 offers lately. Yes. So he got one from Tennessee earlier this week, uh, SEC yeah. offer. He has one from TCU, I think. And I'll, I want to say he's got one out he west. He's got a lot. He's, he's, he's been tweeting a lot, um, which is good to see. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, when Travis first uh, – a Travis might have covered a game or something like that, and we kind of talked about, you know, why he wasn't picked up yet or why he wasn't talking to colleges yet. Obviously, this is a weird time for recruiting, but it's really good to see that, um, you know, what he's done. E even in these losses that they've had, he's put up big numbers. So – um, it's good to see that he's getting some offers. I mean, a big SEC offer from Tennessee. That's um, pretty nice. For sure. And moving on down to the small schools, we, we had some district champions uh, claim titles last week. Snook won their first district championship in school history. Uh, it's a it's been a year of first for the Blue Jays. They got the new stadium. The new now they got stadium. their first district championship to put up Homecoming. on the Homecoming. I mean, That's a big one in Texas. You know? <laughs> Girls got to wear the big old moms. They got to have a court. You know, Hearn, they won a district title after beating Thorndale. That was that was a tough game for them, and they, they won pretty handedly. Undefeated. And then Normandy, you know, they, they go over to Centerville and win convincingly, and they finish the regular season undefeated for the first time since 1989. This has been a historic season for the Norman G. Panthers. So, you know, Abigail, kind of going down the list there, what do, you, what do you make of those three teams? They've had some pretty good seasons so far. Yeah, you know, I think coming in, I, I, I'm not sure if anybody um, expects this. I mean, obviously, these are some, like you mentioned, Alex, historic <laughs> seasons for any of these small teams. Um, Snook obviously gets their first district um, title, which – it's pretty amazing in the first season when you open the new stadium, you're able to get that. Um, they did struggle there in the, in the beginning of the season, um, and we weren't quite sure how it would go. Um, but I think they've proven that they can um, really, um, really fight and really come back, and they obviously have good leaders on their team um, to do that. Hearn, obviously, um, they're undefeated as well, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, kind of, you know – quiet, you know, they kind of snuck up there, you know, we, we didn't talk about them too much and then they kept winning. So um, that was a big win for them against Thorndale as well. Um, and, you know, of course, we've always talked about Norman G um, and kind of what they're able to do offensively that really carries them. And, um, you know, we saw it this week with um, Hardy and Jones again, um, not only on offense, but on defense as well. I, I believe um, it was either Hardy or Jones who led in tackles on defense which is um, pretty amazing to see <laughs> when your quarterback or wide receiver 
is also <laughs> the leading tackler on defense or, you know, doing something big. I, I believe one of them had an interception too. So, um, yeah, really good week for all of those three teams and um, pretty deserving um, for those titles. For sure, absolutely. Well, coming up next, we're going to have Scott Clendenin, the voice of the College Station Cougars, join us to preview College Station's big game against Lufkin this Friday. So we'll see what Scott has to say about the matchup. All right, well, welcome back, everybody. We've got our special guest of the week. It's Scott Clendenin. He's the voice of the College Station Cougars. We're looking ahead to this week's big game between College Station and Lufkin. So, Scott, it's Wednesday afternoon. How are we doing? Uh, doing great. I think that, um, you know, this is one of those games a lot like, um, you know, the Cougars, you know, matchup against Magnolia that you saw how the preseason rankings really were coming out and what the expectations were that I think that, uh, you know, you are in a position where um, where you you have – you know, a chance right here to exceed, if you're the Cougars, what a lot of people thought going up against the presumed district champion, uh, you've got a chance to, to really push them down in the standings and elevate yourself into a pretty comfortable playoff position. For sure. And, you know, kind of looking at the Cougars where they're coming from, they bounced back with that, again, with, uh, from that loss to Magnolia with the wins over Porter and New Caney. And now, now comes the big test. They've lost to Lufkin the last two years. They had the bye week last week. Do you think the bye week came at a good time for College Station? They kind of started getting things figured out, and now they get a little extra prep for the big game this week? I think so. I think that also having Lufkin go up against New Caney right after uh, the Cougars saw them, uh, they can, you know, see what worked game plan-wise. Uh, you know, that was a crazy game last week. Uh, you know, Lufkin scored on their first drive of the game, and then they scored on the last play to win in overtime 13-7. to So uh, this comes a week after the Cougars really handled New Caney and, you know, basically called the dogs off uh, when they were putting up 42 points and really controlling that ball game from start to finish. So uh, the Cougars healthier than they've been in a long, long time. I would think that you would get Walsh uh, back probably now. I think that Hendricks would be 100% and up against the defensive front that uh, Lufkin is, you know, always known for having him out there ready to go. That that can, uh, you know, change kind of the expectations if you're 100% healthy after this bye week. For sure. And kind of, kind of both for you, Scott and Abigail, you know, what do you think is an area the Cougars needed to improve on this last week as they kind of were at the midway point of the season? Well, I, I mean, Abigail and I have seen the, them play multiple times, and and I think that Abigail may agree with me. Physically, when they're healthy in the defensive line, like they were, you know, last week, I think it's completely changed. I think there was a point in time against Magnolia where they had a couple guys come out with injury, and then, you know, the next week you, you, you're missing, you know, one of your starting defensive linemen. I think when they match up defensive line-wise and give those linebackers a chance to run to the football, then they're pretty good defense, and that's what they're going to have to have, you know, this week uh, further on down the line when you're playing Mag West as far as playing a, a couple of the teams that, that you know, are, are going to be competing for, uh, you know, playoff positions. Yeah, 
not completely agree. Um, their defense, uh, you know, they're very physical. We've talked about it before. Um, they're kind of all over the place on the field. They, they really, um, they really, you know, end up winning these games for them. We've seen the offense have a little struggle on the run game, just getting it started, but uh, they're also able to do that too. So yeah, you get, you know, you have a bye week, um, which, you know, I talked to Coach Huff at, at New Caney and he said this is a perfect time. Um, you know, we're getting people healthy. Like you mentioned, Walsh is, is going to be important for them. Um, so yeah, I think the bye week came at a perfect time. Also their defense, um, when they really click in and they really um, are, they're pretty physical um, and they're really good. So um, that that's going to be the key against Lufkin, obviously. Yeah, kind of looking at Lufkin, they're they're two and two in district play. They lost to the Magnolia schools starting off. They come back with wins against Porter and New Caney, like we mentioned. Is this surprising? And what what would a win do for College Station? Not only staying kind of on track uh, in pace to to keep competing for the district championship. But then you don't really have to worry about Lufkin chasing you from behind necessarily either. Well, I think that I think that Porter and New Caney are the two teams that are in trouble right now as the losses kind of have added up. The the injuries that New Caney went through, uh, that's the one thing. I don't know if they got that running back back, uh, you know, last week to, know. to kind of bounce up their offense. But Caleb Berry got 340 yards in the first two games for Lufkin. He's battled injuries since then. He's only played in two of their next four games. Uh, you know, he's got like 300 yards. Uh, you know, uh, it, it just seems like he's a guy that if he's not 100% and they can't balance up the rush, the running game with Jordan Moore, uh, the quarterback, then if you can just play the pass against Lufkin, speed on speed, this is a team where they normally overmatch teams speed-wise. And the Cougars, the way they can run to the football, I think that that evens it up a little bit. Abigail, what would you say a win for College Station would do for them this Friday? Yeah, completely. I mean, it sets them up, obviously, for a good two weeks after. I, I believe they follow with Cleveland and then, and then um, oh, God, I'm blinking on the other school <laughs> name. They play Waller but, and Caney Creek, right? Okay. Yeah, Wall, they yeah. Waller and Caney Creek, yes. All right. They, so they, it sets them up for that. Obviously, they, they haven't lost these past two years, I believe the, the you know, um, in 2018, they, you know, only put up three points. So um, I think it'd be really big for them, especially right now coming off this fight. I think it's a pretty good chance that they'll be able to um, put up a fight with, with Lufkin. Obviously, like we said, their defense is pretty strong and um, offensively, um, they want to do some stuff with a bunch of different um, people. So um, it'll be a big win for them. It'll kind of set them up for the rest of the way, I think. Um, obviously, then you have Magnolia West, is going to be another tough team um, to beat there at the end. So, Well, and I think that one of the things that, that the Cougars, you know, have seen the last couple of years, one year they had to go on the road up to Mesquite because they were the third-place team. And then last year, because they were the runner-up, they got to play at home. And, you know, whether, whether or not, you know, you want to look ahead to it, you've got Longview and Highland Park in the district you're matched up in. You don't want to play Longview and Highland Park in the first round. So trying to stay out of the 3-4 slot is just as valuable to a bunch of these teams if you want to make a playoff run. And the Cougars, you know, this program has gone past the point where you just want to get to the playoffs. You want to put yourself in a position to make a run. That's first or second place. If you've got to match up with two top ten teams in the other district, 
with Highland Park and Longview, who are playing a big game this weekend as well, to determine who's going to be the champion of that district. Absolutely. You make a really good point, Scott. Um, look, look, staying right here on this matchup this Friday, though, it, it seems pretty even. Um, it's it's going to be a good one, I think. What's going to be the key to success for College Station if you get to pinpoint one thing? I think if, if College Station can run the football uh, like they've been able to run since the second half of Magnolia, that's the big key. I think it bounces up the offense. It takes the pressure off Jet Huff. Uh, you know, the first time we talked, I, he was playing at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that he's still making a lot more good decisions than bad ones. He stayed away from the interception. So I, I think that the, the Cougar offense is primed. But when they get a day a game where they get uh, Brown and Collins executing at a high level, and sometimes when you can have both those guys in the backfield at the same time, uh, you know, I look, I, I watch on Saturdays when the Aggies are putting, you know, uh, Anaya Smith and, and, you know, and Porter in the backfield at the same time, how, what kind of balance that gives you. And I think that it's kind of funny to see the College Station Cougars in a similar position where you've got two running backs you want to put on the field when you're in the day and age where really everybody wants to just put one running back and, and put four wide receivers. Yeah. You can take advantage of that. And I think the Cougars have, that could cause some big problems for uh, Lufkin this week if their offense is able to run the football. Oh yeah, completely. I, you know, just watching them a couple of the few times that I have, you know, um, when they played Porter, you obviously didn't see Brown or Collins play as much or do as much um, as we've seen before, but then you, then you go against New Caney and we see what, when they can run and when they're clicking on offense, um, how many points they could put on the board and what they can do there. I mean, I think Collins had three touchdowns um, two weeks ago. So I um, totally agree. I think when they get that run game going, um, it's really good for their offense. Well, Scott, before we let you go, how, how, can, uh, how can fans tune in and listen to the game on Friday night? Well, you can go to Maverick 100.9. We also have the streaming service. Uh, uh, you know, there really hasn't been any change as far as ticket situation, which is too bad. Uh, you know, Lufkin's not going to travel like they, they – they do such a great job when they came here two years ago, really getting the purple out. And, 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 you know, this is one of those matchups. This, you know, with Magnolia being earlier and then Magnolia being west, it's kind of been the beginning, the middle, and the end, not to take anything away from Waller, uh, you know, Caney Creek. And, you know, and, and I think that when, when you're talking about the strength of this district, the Cougars have a chance now to, to also see another playoff level team right now, then get healthy again for a couple, three weeks before you got to finish up with Mag West. Hopefully you're in a position to take advantage of it and have some more, uh, you know, postseason games here uh, played in College Station. For sure. Well, it's going to be a big one Friday night in South College Station. Some purple on purple action. Well, Scott, uh, thanks for joining us. And, hey, everyone, please be sure to go to theeagle.com and check out Abigail's feature on College Station linebacker Bubba Carter. So, Scott, thanks for joining us today. Again, we, uh, we appreciate it. All right. Have a great day, everybody, and go Cougs. <laughs> All right. And coming up next, we will be previewing the other biggest games around the Brazos Valley this week. All right, here we go. Final segment of the show. 
previewing week 11 of the Texas high school football season here in the Brazos Valley. Some big games here in town uh, and a big road test for the Bryan Vikings. Let's start with them, Abigail. Yeah. They're going on the road. They're playing clean shoemaker this Friday. Uh, you know, we, we, we've mentioned it before of how this is kind of the end of that big three game stretch for them in district play. How big would a win go for the Vikings this week as they kind of enter the home stretch of the season? It would be really big for them. I mean, we've seen them kind of prove themselves. Obviously, they beat Harker Heights. Um, we knew Temple was going to be hard, but, you know, they kind of stuck in there and, and they lost. But um, then you come in with a big win over Belton. If you get one over Shoemaker, eh, that's really big. I mean, um, and we've seen what they can do. So, I, I, Colleen Shoemaker had um, – they beat Coopers Cove last week. Um, and before that game, they had averaged about 46 points per game, um, which is, I mean, is crazy when, you're, when your offense can do that um, each week. But um, they also take advantage of turnovers. They're undefeated. I mean, they, they have a lot going for them um, on both sides of the ball. Um, kind of everything is coming together for them. Um, Brian has had a stronger schedule than them, in my opinion, um, so far this season. Obviously, like we mentioned, they had to – I mean, these first four games were no joke for them. Um, so the fact that they've been able to come out with two wins so far is pretty good. Um, but, you know, Colleen Shoemaker is going to be another hard one. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to, you know, the defense needs to step it up a little bit, um, not wait until the second half to kind of solidify things or even lean on the offense a little bit to make those scores to win. Um, it, it would be great if we if they had another bull off, you know, 25-second touchdown at the end to win it. But – um, you don't want, always want to get that that far and into it and, you know, um, because it could go the other way too. You know, if, if you yeah. wait too long, you could lose it um, if your offense isn't able to get down there. So um, it'll be interesting to see if Gooden is coming back. I, I'm not quite sure what his injury was. Um, I think that might have been a shoulder, but I could be wrong on that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he comes back, um, if, if they – Maybe Bulaf starts and, and he comes in later or what kind of his role is. But um, I think they've got a good guy in Bulaf too. Um, so either way, it should be good for them. But it'll be a hard one this week again. For sure. Speaking of hard games, AM Consolidated, they're looking to bounce back after that loss against Huntsville. And they've got a tough game at home. They're, they're hosting Lake Creek of Montgomery. This, this is a big game, you know, Consolidated. They, they, they lose last week. Lake Creek, they won. Lake Creek is a sneaky 2-0. and yeah. And if Consol lost, they would drop into third place, and it, it would be tough for them to jump back over one of Huntsville yeah. or Lake Creek. So if you're Consol, you, you really want to win this game. But like we said before, the offense needs to clean things up, especially on that offensive line. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about last week that Huntsville might have been the most important game kind of going into this, obviously for the district lead. But I think this week is really – I mean, if you lose here, you kind of have to reevaluate and say, what are we doing? Uh, you know, you go to third, which still not bad, obviously, but um, not where you thought you were going to be and not where I think they maybe should be after their performance in the beginning of the season. So, um, yeah, it's a big test for them. They have to watch out. Um, they have the, you know, um, Lake Creek has three guys on, on offense that are power guys for them. They showed it against Rudder. Um, obviously we didn't expect that Rudder to game game to get as high scoring as it did, 
Um, but you know, when you give these guys a chance, they will they will get to the end zone. Um, you've got Ty Sexton again, quarterback, um, and Dayton Sweeting, um, wide receiver. Then you also had uh, Justin Feeney who um, rushed for um, Lake Creek against Rudder as well, and they did really well. So um, you you have to give your Gonzalez. I think you have to get that last game against Huntsville out of your mind. Um, you gotta kind of just have to focus on this week. I know their big motto is you know going one and zero each week. Obviously, they didn't get to do that last week, but um, this is going to be a big one. Um, this game, I think, we'll really get to see um, kind of what their O-line is made of um, and kind of when they're really put in a tough spot. Um, obviously, they got to see Huntsville last week, and that was their first real test um, of what they can do. Um, and so we're going to see if they're able to kind of rise to the challenge here or, you know, fall again. So um it, it, it's a pretty even matchup, I would think. You know, both teams are relatively uh, – I think they're both 5-0, and actually. So um, they have some good guys. They have um, guys who can make plays for them and who can um, really win the game. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to really depend, I think, for Consol on that O-line getting back into it. Um, and if their defense can make any key stops um, or even score um, sometime during this game because I think that will be really important. For sure. And for those, uh, I, you can read my feature story on Consol Senior Safety Quan Williams in Thursday's Eagle or at theeagle.com. Quan, great interview. Um, he, he's, he's really well spoken and, you know, gave some good insight to playing the weak safety spot and how he's got he's got a lot of jobs to to handle at once on the defensive side and really, really focusing on how big those turnovers have been for Consol this season and how the defense at times has been the calling card of the team. They're going to need it again this week. Lake Creek, Coach Fedora noted, very balanced on offense. They're averaging almost 500 yards a game. So that Tiger defense is going to need to step up this Friday for sure. Well, moving along, uh, Rudder, they're looking to get their first district win. They're hosting Montgomery this week. And, yeah, you know, here we are another week. We're, we're trying to see what the, how the Rangers respond. Um, we know they got it in them. We know they've got the firepower. I'm curious to see if they can put it all together. And I think, I think getting that first district win is going to go a long way for them. Yeah, you know, like I saw a little bit this week is really crucial to see kind of where the rest of their season could go. Um, I think a, a win here is necessary for Rudder. Um, to kind of turn things around here, like I mentioned, I mean, that confidence just getting that first district win um, is what they kind of need here. So, um, but Montgomery does kind of strike fast, um, and, and their defense did have, uh, I believe, three interceptions last week. Um, so it's not going to be an easy thing for them either. They also have a wide receiver um, kind of similar to Lee um, in that he, he usually is in the end zone and ready to catch anything that you throw at him. Um, he had over 150 yards for on just, you know, four catches last week. Um, so it's not going to be an easy win, I don't think, for Rudder. But um, they are going to need it really to come back here. Um, you know, their offense is going to get pressure, I would presume, again, um, from a Montgomery um, defense is pretty tough. They're going to have to watch out for those turnovers. Like I mentioned earlier, Izar maybe, um, you know, when he is pressured, maybe not throwing as much as he usually does to kind of stop those interceptions. I believe he had two last week. So uh, we want to stop those 
um, turnovers if, if they want to get anything going. Um, like I mentioned earlier, kind of kind of same with Gonzalez. Their defense is going to need key stops um, during this game if they really want to stop it. I mean, last week when you let them kind of run over you and get in, and score on those six first possessions, um, obviously something's not going right there, so they're going to kind of need to turn it around this week um, if they want to win again. Uh, but uh, yeah, they can't let the offensive run over them. Um, but um, yeah, the, the uh, Rudder's offense can't do it all. Um, their defense, you know, and, and special teams is going to need to kind of come in there and help them a little bit. For sure. And moving on to the small schools, you know, the classes 1A to 4A, they're wrapping up regular season this week. We got playoff football coming up next week, Abigail. And yeah. there are some playoff spots on the line, and there's some district titles up for grabs. So let's start with Navasota. All and right. They're hosting Giddings this week. Navasota can get the top seed in 13-4A Division II with a win over Giddings. The Buffaloes, they're undefeated in district play. Um, you know, Navasota, we know what they've got with Jamar Jesse, Darius Randall. That, that's kind of their one-two yeah. punch. They came up with a big win over LaGrange a few weeks ago. They lost the tough one to Quero, but Quero lost last week. So now all of a sudden, Navasota's back in this title hunt and can get the top seed this Friday. Yeah, getting some undefeated, but I, I never count Navasota out because they really do. They have the guys. I mean, um, you know, we're not talking about a team that wins, you know, on luck. You know, they, they have the guys to do it. Um, so obviously we, we see Jesse's pretty on fire um, from his performance last week. Um, I, I think the one important thing for them is, especially against Giddings, is to not um, let go of that lead. Um, you know, we've seen that from them before that they've led going into halftime and then second half gets a little bit rocky for them there. Um, they really need to kind of keep it consistent and, and not let the second half get to them um, when it comes down to it. Um, because, you know, with a tough team like Giddings, obviously – their district has been pretty tough anyway, but um, especially with Giddings in, in a game like this for the top seed, um, you don't want to give them any room to kind of score at the end or, or um, you know, take the lead into the second half. For sure. And, you know, Navasota, they kind of got that championship pedigree. They, they won the last two district championships uh, when they were with all the Houston schools. Totally. Now, now they're going for the third straight. And, you know, those guys, they've been there and they've done it. They've won district championships. Mm -hmm. and, you know, those guys, they grew up in the heyday of Navasota football when they won the two state championships with Coach Fedora. I mean, they've been around that excellence of football. And so th this kind of big stage, the the winner-take-all kind of game, that that's not something new to them. So, yeah. you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see Navasota go out there and compete well and get a oh, win yeah. eventually. So – Look, looking around, we got Rockdale. Rockdale's playing for a district championship this week uh, against Lorena at home. It would be the first district championship for the Tigers since 2016. Big game this week, Tigers, Leopards. The Leopards, they like to spread it out. They like to throw the ball. They'll hit you down the middle with a run. Mm -hmm. They've got a pretty solid defense, big dudes up front. Um, yeah. But Rockdale, they got firepower too. Yeah, yeah, you know, Rock Terrell is kind of similar to Navasota in that I wouldn't count them out for anything. Um, you know, they did have a rocky start there um, in the beginning, but 
Um, they have the guys to do it again. Like I said, um, they do have a strong run game. Obviously, you have Valdez and you have you know guys like that um, around you. So uh, they deliver when it matters. Also, I think <laughs> you know they're guys who can rise to the challenge. Um, you know, these are three, four, five star recruits that you know they're obviously that that way for a reason. So um, they really do step up to the challenge. Lorena, like you mentioned. Um, obviously a great offense, but their defense is pretty strong too. Um, you know, like you mentioned that, that, uh, you know, that front that they have is pretty strong. Um, they, they had three interceptions last week um, in their game. So um, they're going to have to watch out for that. But I think um, Rockdale, you know, I don't think they necessarily have to throw as much as maybe the other teams that Lorena's faced this year, but um, they can run. So that, they have that on their side. They have the guys to do it. Um, the guys who are willing to step up to the challenge and um, take it. For sure. Lexington, they're playing for the final playoff spot in 13-3A Division II against Clifton this week. Man, who would have thought that Lexington would kind of be in this position after that strong start with Jared Kerr? The Eagles, they've kind of they, – they, they've, they've had some tough losses. They lost last week to Buffalo by one point. They lost earlier by, by a touchdown. I think it was to Rodgers. So, you know, they've had some narrow defeats that one play goes the other way. They probably come away victorious. But here they are. They need to win this one. And yeah. it's a game they could probably – they should win. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned they kind of did have a rocky start. I think it started when they played Franklin, and Franklin blew them out of the water. But, um, you know, they are starting to come back. I, you know, um, it, they do have Kerr. They have they have the guys um, who can win this for them. Obviously, I I I, I don't think that they are going to lose against um, Tilton. Tilton was ran over by Franklin last week. Obviously, um, shut out I believe. Um, so you know that they're probably down a little bit about that. Um, they might put up a fight, but I see Lexington kind of taking this one. Um, you know, I, I I just don't see them getting you know. Having any trouble with Clifton this week. For sure. And Somerville and Burton, two area teams, they're playing for the final spot in District 13, 2A Division Two. Somerville, they started 0-5, but they've won two straight. And now Burton, <laughs> man, they're rolling over people. So I don't really know what to expect. That district was one. They had to go to the five-day schedule because teams had to cancel due to COVID. And now here they are, the Yawas. And Burton, they're, they're playing for that final spot uh, over, over there uh, on the east side of the Brazos Valley, or the west side of the Brazos Valley, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, they played on Monday. Both teams played on Monday um, and shut out both of their opponents. Now, um, their opponents obviously necessarily weren't um, winning opponents. They had, they had kind of struggled. I believe it was Milano and Bartlett. Um, but they were still able to hold hold out and um, get those two wins. I believe Somerville had a, it was a sixty-two to zero, and then Burton was sixty-one to zero. So um, Somerville got the edge there a little bit with that extra point. But um, yeah, I, I, two great teams. This is going to be a good matchup for them. Burton has only allowed, I believe, twenty-four points um, from its opponents this season um, in district, at least. Um, so it'll be pretty good. Obviously, they have um, Cooper Lurchurk and uh, who had four touchdowns um, last week, and then Pearson Spies, who added another two. Um, so it'll be a good one. I think maybe Burton has the advantage here, but, um, you know, they're going to be fighting for this. It's not going to be an easy one for either team. 
um, if they do come out with this. But, um, you know, Summer Pro has, has proven that they're able to come back. <laughs> Obviously, from an 05 star is never a good place to be. Um, but to, to be, um, you know, playing for the final spot here um, shows that they, they've been doing something right. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how this one plays out um, and who takes the win here. For sure. And last note, some teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention include Madisonville, Caldwell, Milano, and I believe Cameron Yo has been eliminated from playoff contention. Very surprising. That, that's surprising. This is the first time that Cameron Yo has missed, will have missed the playoffs since 2009. Um, so the Yeoman, kind of a down season over there. But Abigail, I think that's all the time we've got. Um, right. Before we go, you're going to be at College Station Lufkin. So everybody be sure to keep up with Abigail there. Um, yeah. Send us your scores at Brazos Sports. Please. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow all of our coverage at theeagle.com. And another big week next oh, week. We're good. We're, it'll be playoff time. It'll I know. We're getting into the playoffs. This is crazy. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you all soon.